those of you who have kids, are you enjoying the summer holiday? Yeah? You know, normally when my, my son, I've got two kids, and when my son is off and I'm looking after both kids, I, at the end of their, you know, the half term, I'm a bit of a broken woman, sorry to say, but I, it feels that way anyway. I, I gain weight because I'm just hooked on sugar just to cope, and I get ill. And then at the end of the week, I, the meltdown is me. I'm like speaking to my husband saying, I can't cope anymore, I can't. And so I was determined to be positive about the six weeks because I thought, these are my children. Why am I fearing and dreading looking after my children that I asked to have? So I did a little bit of work beforehand. I just was positive and I was like, yay, the six weeks holidays is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And it's been really good so far. But, 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 I am just craving some time to myself. I am an introvert. A lot of people don't know that, but I am an introvert. I gather energy by being on my own, and I just haven't had time to myself. When my son is at school and my daughter's asleep, that's the time I have a cup of tea and I might watch a bit of Loose Women or something like that. And it's just that time for me. But when she's asleep, he wants me to play with him. If we're walking down the road, he just chats and chats and chats. And I'm just like, please, just give me some space. And he's like, ask me, why do we eat animals? Why is the world round? Why is this? And I'm like, no, please, just give me, give me some time to myself. But at the same time, I'm grateful because I'm learning lots about him. But I am desperate for some time to myself. Even when I go toilet, they're in there with me. <laughs> and so when I have a shower, because I've got a little one and she's running about, I don't like to spend too much time in the shower. So I literally just jump in and then jump out. And on Friday, this is what happened to me on Friday. I just want to let you know, I live in a flat, OK? And I've got an open plan kitchen, front room. So I thought I would get undressed in the kitchen while they're watching TV. And as I got undressed, right, we've got windows all around, and I, I got undressed and I just looked at the window and I said, isn't it great that there is a brick wall right there? And I thought, get undressed and I'll bend down. And as I bent down, I heard a voice go, oh my goodness, like that. And as I turned around, there was a window cleaner right behind me. <laughs> And I was so embarrassed, I fell down to the ground. And I screamed, and my poor son, who ran to me, I said, get the phone, get the phone. And I called my husband, I said, you just what happened to me? There's a window cleaner here. And I was just bent down like I was in war, like I couldn't get up. And my, 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 my husband was just laughing, and he told everyone at work, and they were all laughing. <laughs> so I am desperate for some space. So please pray for me that I've got three more weeks to go, or four weeks, and that I get some space. Anyway, I'm going to start with our topic, and we're going to be looking at Jesus changing water into wine, and that is found in John chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. So if you've got your Bible, if not, if you've got a smartphone, or you can just listen to me. Okay, so John chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. 
When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. Now I'm going to just stop there. When you hear him say woman, it sounds really offensive. I know if my son called me woman, I'd probably look at him like, you know, what are you doing? What are you talking about? But he, he wasn't being offended. Culturally, he was fine. John is just displaying that there is a distance between Jesus and his mum because the purpose of John is to show us that Jesus is Christ and that who to believe in him will have eternal life. So he just wanted to indicate that distance, that he's not his mum's son, he's Jesus Christ. So we're going to carry on. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And I love this part because it seems like Jesus is not that interested, but Mary tells him this, and it's like, even if he seems like he's not going to do anything, he will do something because he cares. And so, he sa- so she says to the servants, you know, do whatever he says, because she knows Jesus, she knows what he can do, and she's like, just watch, he's on it now, just watch what's going to happen. So Jesus, nearby stood six stones, this is verse six, nearby stood six stones, stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 80 to 120 liters. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. Now for a long time, I actually thought that the master of the banquet was like this king. He was like the main guest, but no, it's the head steward, it's the head servant. So, in verse, um, so carry on, carrying on. They did so in verse 9. And the master of the banquet tasted the water and ha- that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. And then in verse 11, when Jesus did hear, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. And when John wrote this part here, he said signs because it wasn't about the miracle itself. It was what was behind the miracle. It revealed Jesus' glory. And that is where I'm going to stay in, in verse 11 today and when, we talk, when I'm talking. So, what is Jesus' glory? Now, Jesus' glory is from God. And when you think of God's glory... It is powerful. In Revelation, power and glory is repeated many times. In Hebrew, the word for glory is kabod, which means weight, heaviness. So you've got this power. You've got heaviness. It's also pure. It's light. It's just pure light. It's goodness. In fact, if we were in the presence of God's total glory, we'd probably just, not probably, we would just die. We would absolutely just die. And I get a glimpse of God's glory from time to time, especially through nature. I love going to Cornwall and being on the cliffs and seeing the sea just crash on to the rocks and hearing the noise of the sea and how powerful it is 
And yet that is not even a little bit of God's glory, but it helps me to just think, wow, what is he, what is he like? He's a bit like that. I'm also so in love with space. I love the stars. I love exploding stars, the thought of exploding stars, black holes, so much so that I wanted to call my daughter, her middle name, I wanted her to be called Supernova. Or, and get this, yeah, Supermassive. I really like that. <laughs> and my, my husband said, no way, absolutely no way. My mum said to me, that sounds like a superbug in a hospital. No, you can't do that. But I really wanted to, so she's not that anyway. And um, I just love it. I love the sun, just to think how powerful it is. And yet there is a hymn that I get so excited about God's glory. It's called Praise the Lord, the King of Heaven. And in the third voice, in, not voice, in the third verse, it says, sun and moon bow down before him. And it just makes me think, wow, wow. And the thing is, Jesus is everything that I've just said, and even more. Yeah. And he's wrapped. He's all of that incarnate. He's all of that wrapped in flesh so that we can have a relationship with him. So that's just amazing. So what I want to say is, how do we live in God's glory? How do we live in that? So my first point is, is to be amazed by God's glory rather than man's glory. Be amazed by God's glory rather than man's glory. When you look at celebrities, you got these A-listers, and you just can't help to think, wow. you got sports stars. I mean, look at Usain Bolt. I remember seeing his documentary this week. And I get excited to see Usain Bolt, because I, my parents are from Jamaica. And you know what I do with my son? I'm always going, ah, oh, Brody, Brody, he's from Jamaica. You're half Jamaican. He's from Jamaica. And my, my husband, he's half English and Scottish. And he's, I was like, all right, steady on, steady on now, steady on. <laughs> But I'm always saying, look at him, look at him, Brody, look. And then yesterday, what happened? Bronze, what happened? And I'm debating whether to tell Brody. I think I might just slide that one underneath the carpet there. But the thing is, he's human. Usain Bolt is human. And we sometimes, we focus on leaders, leaders in churches, leaders in business, people who are successful, and we're like so in awe of them. And we want them to parent us, we want them to befriend us, they, we want them to mentor us, to give us, to give us a, you know, a, a bit of opportunity to let us feel good, you know, to, feel, to be our friend. And there's nothing wrong with that to a degree if people mentor you. But we really need to seek God. We need to seek Jesus and get secure in him so that we can have a healthy relationship and see people in a healthy way. Ages ago, about 10 years ago, I um, did some temping and I worked for Virgin Management. And Virgin Management is Richard Branson's personal office. They don't deal with Virgin Trains or Virgin Media or Virgin Atlanta. It's just his office. And it's amazing to work. It was just so cool to work there. You know, you get free food. His, um, his sister-in-law and his brother-in-law, they're in the kitchen and they're cooking food for everyone. When you go in the toilets, there's jars of sweets and contraception and all sorts of stuff just there. <laughs> and it's like, help yourself, help yourself. It's just there. If you work there, you get four free flights a year. Every Friday, they have a party on the terrace. It's just fun, fun, fun. 
I never saw Richard Branson there, but he is like lifted up as, ah, oh, he's amazing. He has four PAs. And because he's so glorious, if one of the PAs comes into the building, you're like, hail to the PA. You know, you're so amazing. You know, you went to the dry cleaners, oh my goodness. And so one day, one day his son comes through the doors and I'm told that a taxi is coming and I need to let him know that there's a taxi. So he's sitting there, I'm at reception, I was working at reception, he was sitting there and he was just minding his own business. And I just started to look at him, and I just thought, boy, look at you. Your dad is Richard Branson. Your dad is Richard Branson. And I was just thinking, look at you. The world is your oyster. Your dad is so powerful. And I kept on going on. I just kept thinking about your dad owns planes. Your dad (laughs) owns planes. Your dad owns all those virgin planes. And I kept on saying that to myself, and I felt more and more insignificant and just thought how amazing that he is connected to greatness, that greatness loves him and is looking out for him. And as I said that and kept on thinking that, I felt God say to me, his dad might own planes, but your heavenly father owns the sky that his dad's planes have to fly on. And at the time, they were working on Virgin Galactic, where they were making this spaceship to go out into space. And I felt God say, you know, look, they're trying to get out into space, but your heavenly father owns the space that they're trying to get up to. In fact, your heavenly father gives his dad life. So stop worrying. And the great thing is, is that his son can have Richard Branson and my dad as well, which is great, is great. Lucky boy, but you know, that's great. And I am lucky too, because I've ultimately got God, so it doesn't matter at all. But I had to just see that I am connected to glory. We are connected to glory. Our heavenly Father is glorious and wants a relationship with us. My next point is, um, is believe that God's glory will continuously break through into your life. God's glory is present here. When we worship, his glory is here. When you go for prayer at the ministry time, God's glory is breaking into our realm and he's healing, he's answering prayers, he's giving pictures, he's giving words. God's glory will continuously work in your life. We need to see that his glory, who he is, 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 um, is, he's revealing himself constantly in our life. He doesn't just help us in one place and then we we think, oh gosh, are you going to be there again? He's continuously working in our life. Six years ago, when I just had my son, and just to let you know, my husband is an artist. And that's really lovely, but we don't have much money at all, right? And he's right there, bless him, sorry, Al. <laughs> but he did say I can say that. But we don't, we're, not, we're not rich because of his art. And I have prayed. There's a road near where I live that every time I walk down that road, when my son was a baby, I used to push the pram and just pray and say, God, please help us, because we struggled. We struggled. And the more I prayed, the more I had insight in what to pray for. 
and then God would just actually answer my prayers. And then after a while, I started to say, God, he's an artist, he's an antiques restorer, Antiques is a dying profession. Please, Lord, please just make a way. Please, can someone just give him a break? Can someone just give him a break? Someone on this earth just give him a break. And as I prayed that, I was like, where, where, who on earth is going to do this? But God made a way. And now I feel the push to pray for something else for my husband. And there's part of me who's thinking, how on earth is this going to happen? But God is saying to me, Denise, all those times when you prayed and you did not know what was going to happen, I made a way through. Trust me, I am still with you. Believe, believe my glory will be revealed. Keep going. So we have to believe that God's glory will continuously break through into our life. My third point is there's an abundance of love and grace in his glory. Jesus, God is so big. He is just so powerful. Everything has to bow down to God. And yet he cared so much about us that he wanted to have a relationship with us. He wanted to save us from our sinful nature, that he became Jesus so that we can actually have an intimate relationship with him and live forever. And that just shows the love he has, more love than the glory. He's not just basking in his glory to say, I am so amazing. He loves us so much. He loves us and he has so much grace. Because he's so powerful, he has to have so much grace for us. And there was a time in my life where God was showing me his grace. He still does. But it was a season of showing me, my love for you, Denise, is like nothing you've ever experienced. Now, I'm quite a scatty person. When I had had just finished university, I I was so scatty. My husband will probably say, yep, she is. But because I've got kids, I've had to sort of think a little bit more now. And so... I was doing my dissertation, and I applied to work at Premier Christian Radio. And I, um, I auditioned, and um, out of 600 people, there was, I was shortlisted out from the 15. And so they had this interview, and this is, how, this is how scatty I was. I turned up to this interview late, 20 minutes late, and I still got the job. I guess God wanted me to work there. And so when I worked, when I started, there was this guy who started a week before me called Moira. And we were on the bus. And I said to him, have you had a medical? And he said, yeah, 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 I had the medical the other day. He goes, oh, why are you having one? I said, yeah. And he goes, where is it? Harley Street. And I thought, well, he's had the medical. And I was like, yeah, it's at Harley Street. So anyway, the day of the medical came. And I was on the bus. And then I was on the train, and I thought, oh, you know what? I should have probably looked at the form of where it was. But never mind, I'll find it. It's okay. So anyway, I go to Harley Street. I didn't know much about Harley Street. I go to Harley Street. I thought, okay, I'll probably see this big medical center, and then I'm like, that's it. Walk to Harley Street, and I see this little tiny terrace place, and I see medical center, and then I'm walking down, and I'm like, hang on. They're all medical centers. And it was the way how they were just, just... coming into my face. I was like, they're all medical centers. And I just ran into one. I went, I've got an appointment at one o'clock. And they said, do you know where you're going? I said, no. And they went, good luck, you know. (laughs) And so 
I called out Premier and I went, hi, I have an appointment. And they said, yeah, what does it say on your form? And I said, I didn't bring it. And I felt so ashamed. Now, before I say any more, I come from a culture where they say, if you don't hear, you must feel. If you do something that is wrong, and technically you've been told you shouldn't do it, do not ask for help. Lie in your bed and feel the pain, because that will be your learn. That will be what you learn. And so I called Premier, and they said, okay, we need to find out where it is. They found out it was in Elephant and Castle. It was. <laughs> It was 12.50, and my appointment was at 1 o'clock. It would have taken me 10 minutes to get to the train station to start that journey. And they said, well, listen, just to let you know, if you don't make it there on time, you're going to have to pay 100 pounds. Now, I was still a student. I didn't have any money. And I thought, oh, no. And so I thought, for one second, shall I even ask God to help me? No, I shouldn't really, because I put myself in this mess. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? But I just thought, all right, God, I'm so silly what I did, but please help me, please, please. So anyway, I got the details, and I went to Elephant and Castle. It took the best part of an hour. It was 1.50 when I got there. And all I thought is that I'm going to have to have a payment plan or something. And as I get there, I said to them, hi, I had an appointment at 1, and the lady said to me, good news. The two o'clock came at one o'clock. Come in. And I just went, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because he had grace for me. He was showing me his grace. He was showing me he was not like my parents. I'm not saying that, you know, you can get yourself in any old mess and he's just going to bail you out. But he has so much grace for you, more than anyone can ever have grace on earth. His love for you is so amazing. So, my fourth and my last point, and can we have the band come up, please? Allow God's glory to change your life. Jesus, in the story, changed water into wine. He changed something ordinary into something extraordinary. And he will do that with your life. With whatever you're going through, he can change it. He can change it. If you've got so much mess in your life, he can change it to a life full of purpose. If, if, you, um, if, if you just need him to just, just make, to, you know, to just change your situation, he can do that. You can go to him. And also that Jesus changed water into wine. It's not like he changed air into water, like these people were dying of thirst and he had to give them something to drink. He changed the wine from water just to make the party better because he cared. How much more can he change things in your life? He is so amazing, yet he cares about the small details. Sometimes we feel scared to even, or we feel that we can't bother God about things in our life because it's not life-threatening. But you know what? He cares. God of glory cares about everything that is going on in your life. You can trust him. You can trust him. You can give your desires to him. And I know sometimes it's so hard to give that part of yourself to him because you're scared that 
He might break your, oh, you know, your heart might get broken. It's, sometimes it's scared to hope. And so we just maybe think small because maybe if we think big and then trust in God, what is going to happen? But he cares so much about you. So let's just pray right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, so much that you are full of glory. I thank you so much for Jesus Thank you so much for your son. Thank you so much that you came down so that we can have a relationship with you. Just thank you so much that you care about everything. And I ask you, Lord, to please, can you help us to just keep believing in you, keep believing that you are amazing, that we are secure in your love, and that we can trust you with our heart. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.